What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com. Utah does it to USC again. Washington should have lost the football game? Full week every action. Gosh, it was a crazy four games. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another reaction episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, terrible gambler, advice giver. Thank you so much for making this your first listener, your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team-free. But until then, beloved and loaded Conference of Champions, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you're listening to or watching this reaction podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. New customers right now can get can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. USC just can't beat Utah. They 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 just can't beat Utah. Cam rising, no cam rising, Salt Lake City, Vegas, Los Angeles. Kyle Whittingham improves to 3-0 as the head coach of the Utes going up against Caleb Williams and USC. The man just shows up and wins football games. And I got to read you his quote because it was a banger. I mean a banger of a quote. Kyle Whittingham. They've got a Heisman winner, Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, so they're going to make some things, and that's just the way it is. But we've got ourselves a pig farmer at quarterback, so we're proud of that guy too. He's referring to Bryson Barnes, who went for 235 yards and three touchdowns, and the most important play of the football game to put the Utes in field goal range to kick the game winner against the Trojans in Los Angeles. Look, my gambling ills for this week aside, I only gave out one successful bet and it wasn't a betting line. It takes some real skill to be as bad as I was, though uh, Oregon was covering until there were 54 seconds left in the game. Anyway, everything else was a giant whiff. I said going into this game, that all the pressure was on USC. And I thought they'd be ripe for a bounce back. Coming back home, facing a backup quarterback. Caleb Williams just had a bad game. Caleb Williams wasn't bad. Offense scored 32 points. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Alex Grinch's defense couldn't come up with a big play to win the football game. And because of that, USC's national championship hopes are done. They are still alive for a Pac-12 championship. They could win a Rose Bowl this year. Still possible. Does that feel likely right now? I know Washington, who I'll talk about later, doesn't feel like as good of a football team as it felt with the Huskies, you know, every week prior. But apparently Arizona State just has the magic elixir. But USC, back-to-back losses, they still have to play at Oregon, still have to host Washington. And I mean, what's the mood in that locker room right now? How in the world do you bounce back losing 
a close game again to the same team, this time without their starting quarterback at home. That was a terrible effort from USC. Well, terrible is probably a little, okay, terrible is too harsh. That was a poor effort from USC. It's not as if they weren't capable of winning the football game. They were against a really good Utah team. The problem is there is no excuse to lose that football game when you are at home. No excuse. None. Zero zip. Nada. Zilch. There's no excuse for it. USC fans, probably not very happy right now. They shouldn't be. Any Trojan fans listening to or watching this, you should be pretty upset. Because when you look at the defensive personnel that USC brought in this offseason and the offensive personnel that they have and the playmakers and Caleb Williams and everybody, it shouldn't look like this. It shouldn't, but USC is just getting outcoached. They're just getting outcoached. That's it. Don't tell me there's a talent gap between USC and Utah. If anything, the talent gap from a composite ranking goes in the other direction. USC is just getting outcoached. USC still refuses to tackle. It's pretty amazing. I mean, they cannot tackle. They can't tackle on special teams. They can't tackle on defense. They they cannot tackle. They just don't like it. I mean, they, they, are, they are, as Joel Klatt aptly described earlier this season, they are allergic to tackling. And that reared its head once again. Fourth and one, you know that Utah's running the ball. It's a wildcat. Can't make a stop. Don't have a big play in them. Utah gets behind the chains. Bryson Barnes gets loose. As he did several times in the game. I, I mean, it's just that's that is that has got to be peak frustration for USC fans because the Pac-12 title hopes are slim to say the least. And the college football playoff national championship hopes that they had before the season, done, gone, kaput. Utah, on the other hand, how a, Kyle Weddingham, man. I should just never bet against him here on the show ever again. I, 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 cl- I clearly should not ever pick against him. The guy is just winning a bunch of football games. Florida, good team. Trounced him at home. USC, Bryson Barnes, doesn't matter. Bryson Barnes, here's a good stat, undefeated as a starting quarterback in college football. And he needs to be because guess what? Looks like Cameron Rising isn't going to play this season. Those are the indications. Oregon goes to Salt Lake City next week in the game of the week in the Pac-12. What a matchup that'll be. But Bryson Barnes has has to have earned our respect at some level. Is he going to carry the team? No. Is he clearly capable of doing enough for Utah to play at a conference championship level? Yes. Because that team's really good. And if they don't end up making the playoff of the Pac-12 championship game this year, this will be one of the biggest what-ifs in the history of Utah football because that team is so good that if Cam Rising is healthy and available, they are an undefeated football team right now, and they would be the clear favorites to win the Pac-12. Absolutely, they would be the clear favorites. They would have beaten Baylor by more points. They would have beaten Florida by more points. They would be the most impressive team. They would have beaten Oregon State on the road. Absolutely. And yet here they are with Bryson Barnes doing enough to beat USC on the road at the Coliseum in what looked at the outset to me like a classic bounce back spot for the Trojans. 
and they go in there and win the football game. Yeah, USC was capable of winning. It's not like they played completely horrible. But why was Utah ever in a position to drive down and win the football game? And why, again, did Alex Grinch, I I don't know how he's still the defensive coordinator. I don't know how, with a straight face, Lincoln Riley could go to a podium, talk to USC fans and boosters, and say, Alex Grinch should be our defensive coordinator. I don't know how you say that. You're playing Bryson Barnes, who, again, deserves our respect, still at his best, is not in the top half of quarterbacks in this league. And USC at home, after they were embarrassed last week, not necessarily because of the defense, but just as a team, you can't get a stop. You let Bryson Barnes march down the field on you. That's the embarrassing component for USC. And the just moxie of that kid, Bryson Barnes, holy smokes. Utah is a really good football team. They've got an outstanding football team around him. Their game plan is excellent. They forced a turnover or two. They tackled well. I mean, everything. I didn't see the final box score. I know they forced the fumble of Marshawn Lloyd. They were trailing in that game, and then they led 28-14. to They led 28-14 to in the ballgame. If anyone should have ever led 28-14, to it should have been USC. No, it was Utah. It was, it was, it was Utah. Game-winning field goal. Pac-12 title hopes alive. College football playoff hopes alive. For you, for Utah, cannot say the same for both those things uh, with regards to USC. Something I I cannot explain. I I'll try. I can't tell you what's going to come out of my mouth because I don't know how to explain. If you're struggling with things, though, Better Help's the way to go. This episode of Locked On Pack Twelve brought to you by Better Help. If you ever feel like your brain is getting in the way, like you know what you should do, you know Lincoln Riley should move on from Alex Grinch, but he's not going to. You know what's good for you, moving on from Alex Grinch would be good, but you just can't do it. Therapy can help you. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. That's a lot better. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnCollege. FanDuel kicked my butt as someone picking gambling lines this week. I did get the over-under in the US or the UCLA-Stanford game to save an 0-4, 0-5 week, but I incorrectly picked every spread. I need to reconsider my life choices, but... You should reconsider your life choices if you haven't checked out FanDuel yet, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. That's $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. You can bet spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. You know, I didn't do these reaction shows last year. Really liking them. Very fun. I'm also staying up into the wee hours of the morning to watch college football, but I have nothing better to do with my time. So I don't understand what Arizona State does to just stifle Washington. Here's the thing. Trenton Borgay is a bottom third quarterback in the Pac-12, yet he's always able to bring some magical leadership quality, I guess, to push Washington. Remember, the last time the Huskies lost a football game 
was at Arizona State last year, 45-38. Trenton Borgay, the former walk-on quarterback, put up 45 points on the Huskies. Not as much success. But boy, that defense, that defense for Arizona State, they're a prime candidate for a lean win label on Monday's show. Make sure you tune in for that because I got a bunch of fascinating labels to assign to how I feel each fan base should be feeling at this point in time. Brian Ward, I loved that hire this offseason for Arizona State. I did not see this coming. This is in Seattle. Heisman Trophy favorite by a mile who just had a zero touchdown sub 250 yard game with two interceptions against an Arizona State team that could still finish the season 1-11. There is nothing in the world like college football. You cannot explain logically how that made any sense. Washington was a 26.5 point favorite when I gave out that incorrect line uh, earlier this week. The Sharps at the end moved it out to 27 and a half, and then Washington couldn't score. Washington, I'm going to say that again. The Huskies at home could not score, couldn't run, couldn't throw, nothing. Best receiving core in the country, Heisman Trophy favorite, home crowd, coming off a big win. You talk about a classic emotional letdown that in retrospect, I should have seen coming with them and Oregon. But the Ducks were sluggish out of the gate. Washington was sluggish out of the gate. Oregon picked it up by midway through the second quarter. Washington waited until late in the fourth quarter. And by the way, Arizona State fans, I feel for you out there. That was an atrocious. This is not me taking a shot at Washington. This is a this is just analyzing the situation objectively. That was an atrocious picked up pass interference call. They threw the flag, picked it up. You watch the replay and Jabbar Muhammad is tugging the jersey of, I think it was Elijah Badger, pretty clearly. That had a big impact on the game. Horrible, vintage Pac-12 refs, Pac-12 after dark, never fails, never fails. I mean, USC or UCLA, and I don't know why I keep calling them USC. USC, see, I did it again. UCLA-Stanford wasn't a thrilling game. More on that later. But, I mean, an atrocious flag. But here's the crazy thing. What about this game led you to believe that Arizona State has the talent to stifle Washington? What about this game leads you to believe that Arizona State can play Washington as competitively as Oregon did and have a better defensive game? What about Arizona State this season, who was shut out at home by Fresno State? Yeah, that's a thing that happened. 29 to nothing, they were beat on their home field. What about that team going into Seattle and walking away feeling like they should have won the football game as a 27 and a half point dog by the time the line closed? How does that make any sense? I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. I don't get it. Maybe Washington players had PTSD from last year's game. Maybe they were tense. Maybe they had an emotional letdown from Oregon's uh, from the Oregon game last week. I think that is certainly a component here, which I can understand. I thought Oregon might have that a touch against Washington State and then figure it out. Guess what they did? Bucky Irving was amazing, 180 total yards and three touchdowns. Bo Nix was great again. 
Washington just never figured it out. I mean, Ryan Grubb, Kalen DeBoer, great coaches. We know on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen Polk, Roma Dunze, Michael Penix, big time weapons. We've seen them play awesome all season. They had no answers for Arizona state. Absolutely none. And if Trenton Borgay doesn't throw a pick six on fourth and three, we might be having an entirely different conversation. Not one that I'm capable at this point in time as I react to it to comprehend. Some things you just can't explain. There's no logic to it. Think about it like this and why it's fun to watch the season play out on a week-by-week basis. The Pac-12 almost had a classic circle of suck cannibalization moment. Washington was able to avoid the upset. If Washington played Colorado, which they don't this year, at least I don't think. Let me double check that. I want to be want to be very sure, want to be accurate and such. If if Washington played Colorado this year, which they do not. How many points is Washington winning that game by, do we think? My guess would be a lot. That's what it was last year. Different team, sure. Still one that can get blown out. Oregon beat Colorado 49 to 10 last year, 42 to 6 this year. Colorado's still got a long ways to go. If Washington played Colorado, I could see him winning the game by 30 points. Colorado barely beats Arizona State, and then Arizona State almost beats Washington on the road. Man, I I sometimes it just doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up like that. The good news for the Huskies is they are 7-0. and They're 7-0. and It's about the only good news that they're feeling right now up there in Montlake. But that's a pretty good thing to feel. 4-0 in conference play. They're the only unbeaten Pac-12 team left. 7-0, five games away from a 12-win regular season. It certainly feels less likely after this one. They go at Stanford next week. I mean, they shouldn't have a problem, but then again, strange things have happened on the farm with this Washington program before. I don't know. Stanford played poorly this week, so everyone will be doubting him. That might be an early contender for another failed Pac-12 prime pick for me. Then they go at USC, host Utah, at Oregon State, host Washington State. It's a gauntlet. It's it's a gauntlet. I think they're going to improve to 8-0. That's what I thought before the season. And then they entered just a brutally tough stretch, two of three on the road, USC, Utah, Oregon State. That USC game could have a million points. It could, it could have a lot of points in it. But I, I, I genuinely, it's two different coaching staffs too. That's, that's the other thing that's curious. It's different coaching staffs for Arizona State. Same one for Washington. But I mean, Sean Aguano was on staff. He's not the head coach. He's the running backs coach. They have a new defensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, new head coach. A lot of the same players, sure. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's in the water down in Tempe that they juiced up on before playing the Huskies that each of the last two years has given them a level of moxie and enthusiasm and just an edge over the over the dogs to give them a scare like that. I can understand an emotional letdown that lasts a quarter, a quarter and a half, maybe even an entire half. Washington's offense, hear me when I say this, Washington's offense did not score a touchdown at home. 
They did not score a touchdown. It makes no sense. It makes no sense that Arizona State defense is nasty. Cameron Scadaboo is awesome. If Trenton Borgay doesn't throw that pick six, and I did not care for that play call from Bo Baldwin, the offensive coordinator for ASU, if I'm a, if I'm a Sun Devil fan, I don't know why you're throwing all the way to the wide side of the field on a long developing route with a quarterback that has an average arm. Did not did not think that was the way to go, but if that pick six doesn't take place, they might they might have done it again. So. I don't know how else to respond to that other than I can't explain it, but it keeps happening. (laughs) So we'll see what happens on the farm next week. UCLA did something on the farm that uh, everybody should be on notice about. Kind of, kind of just, just don't ignore it is all I'm saying. What am I talking about? Well, I'm not talking about bird dogs. Now I am of course, because bird dogs make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts, you know, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, except they fit way better. And they fit better than regular shorts too, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton, and they are made to be worn everywhere. Beach, swimming, hike, jog, golf, date, hanging out, lounging, whatever you want to do, Bird Dog shorts are there for you. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, enter or enter promo code locked on college at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. March madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, I'm going to read you a stat line, okay? No context, just a stat line. 20 of 28, 240 yards, two touchdowns. No interceptions. Sound good? It is good. It's a a real solid outing. Who put up that outing? That'd be a one Ethan Garbers. UCLA has gone in the other direction with their quarterback situation. Chip Kelly is sensing what I think a lot of people have sensed, which is, hey, this is the best defense he's probably ever had in his entire career as a football coach. That is not overstating things. The Murphy twins with Liatu Latu, their linebackers, everything about that defense is disgustingly good. And they've got weapons and they can run the football. I think their offensive line is just okay, but it's good enough. They've been missing the quarterback element which was my concern with them before the season. That has played out to this point. But this change, boy, that's a strong week one return for Ethan Garbers to reclaim the starting quarterback job. After Dante Moore threw a pick six in three consecutive games, one win and two losses, the Bruins are 2-2 two and two in conference play after 42-7 to seven win over Stanford. The under did hit, so I'm not completely incompetent, just mostly I went 1-4 and four with my Pac-12 prime picks this week. Yikes. Got to get back on the winning side. I was 500 coming into the week, too. A good week could have... Ah, mm, 
gosh, frustrating. Anyway, Bruins run for over 220 yards. Garbers goes for 240 and a couple scores, no turnovers. Are they playing Stanford? Yep, they were. Stanford's not very good. Maybe slightly better than people thought at one point in time in the season after they lost to Sacramento State. But Stanford is not very good. So when I look at what UCLA did here, what does a really good team look like against the Cardinal on the road? There was no letdown, slouch, beginning, slow start. There was none of that from a UCLA team that ended the game with four sacks and allowed just seven points to the Cardinal. This is why I liked the under because UCLA's defense is really, really good. And now UCLA enters what you would call a uh, lighter part of their schedule. Colorado at home next week. Good luck blocking the UCLA front four buffs. Good luck. At Arizona. That's actually a tough game. That's a really good football game. Can't wait for that November 4th. Arizona State at home. I guess you never know what happens. At USC. Rivalry game. But what are UCLA's spirits going to be? Heck, Caleb Williams has been all about the player empowerment stuff to the extreme. His dad talking about, we don't want to play here. We don't want to do this. USC going to play Caleb Williams in that football game? Is he going to play? Or, I don't know. That's that's a spitballing idea off the top of my head. Tell me that it's completely ridiculous, though. I don't know that you can right now. And then they host Cal. That's five games. UCLA is going to be a favorite in probably four of them. And they have two losses in conference play. Two. Two. And we know USC can be beaten. And we know that USC's offensive line is just okay. We know that UCLA doesn't stop the run and that, or that USC doesn't stop the run and UCLA runs the football really well. That could be a bad matchup there for USC. Could very well be a bad matchup. So was it Stanford? Yes. So take it with a grain of salt, but Ethan Garbers looked good, protected the football, executed the offense, played well, and UCLA dominated from the jump. That They are still a good football team. And Chip Kelly still knows how to coach. And I, I, I did not think they would pull away like this. They did. It was a really impressive performance. And let's see how they follow it up at home against the Buffs who are coming off a bye next week. A lot of fun games next week in the Pac-12. Cannot wait to talk about them. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.